Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune, and today we're going to be talking about, surprise, surprise, silver and gold, and and why, you know, it's really never too late, especially in in today's terms, to get into silver and gold, right? I think there will be times in the future where silver and gold may be overvalued once again, and, and maybe that's not the right time to get in, but even after that, there's going to be times to get into silver and gold, and, and I, I get the sense that there are some people that feel that they've missed the boat, that we're too close to uh, this entire system blowing up, that there's no point in getting started now because they're only going to be able to accumulate, you know, what they would consider a small quantity of, of silver, however much that might be for that individual, uh, that, that for them it is too late to get into silver and, and, and gold and and. You know, in my opinion, obviously none of this should be taken as investment advice or anything, but but that's certainly not the case, especially given their current valuations. I want to start this off by talking about this this big debate. I don't know if you want to call it a debate or whatever uh, about what silver and gold are. What role should they play in an individuals' finances and in their portfolio? Uh, some would say that they play the role of a hedge, a hedge against other markets going down, uh, currencies going down. Uh, inflation, etc. Others would call them potentially an investment, meaning you're going to buy them now at, at a what you consider a low price or or price below where they're eventually going to be, and they're going to go up, not just in, in fiat terms, but ideally also purchasing power. Some would consider them a savings, right? Let's save in, in silver or gold uh, for the long term because we know that they perform well compared to to inflation, and you don't have a lot of counterparty risk that that may exist. With, with holding your money within the banking system or, or in some sort of high uh, interest rate account, right? You can hold the physical cash, but that's, of course, subject to uh, this ongoing inflation that we see you know, day in and day out in, in most major uh, currencies around the world, if, if not all. Um, and then other people would describe it as insurance. Insurance, uh, a way to, to protect yourself, a way to... Um, limit your risk, you know, not unlike a hedge. I mean, that sounds pretty similar, but, but if we're going to go along this line of thinking of, of insurance, I mean, what is insurance in the first place? I mean, you, you put insurance, you, you have life insurance, you have uh, auto insurance or, or home insurance or whatever. It's something you buy, the policy that you buy in hopes of limiting your, your risk and your, in some cases, liability. So for example, uh, if we, if we go along the line of thinking of, of car insurance, auto insurance, uh, you, you, you take out a policy and you insure, you, you, you know, most states at least require liability insurance in the United States, meaning um, if, if you get in an accident, it may not, you know, and your your 
the one responsible. It may not cover your own repairs, but it will at least cover the repairs of the other individual's car or you know whatever, whatever other types of expenses. And of course, you know medical expenses as well. Uh, and then you can also take out insurance on your own car. Now, if you do have insurance on your own car, most of the time, uh, people don't want to be in a situation where, where they need to to actually file a claim for that insurance, right? Ideally, it's just something you have because you're required to by law. It's, it's a way to right protect yourself, limit your liability, uh, limit your risk, and it's just kind of a fact of life, right? And you need insurance when, when you're driving on, on public roadways. And now, I mean, sure, there are some situations where people want insurance claims, that they, they want a new car, they want, right? And so they, so they uh, whatever, brake check a semi or something like that. But most people don't want to file an insurance claim because you know, car crashes are, are can be traumatic. They can be deadly. They can cause injury. And uh, I'd like to think that that there's plenty of honest people still out there. Uh, but still, going along this line of, of insurance, and we're going to call silver and gold uh, insurance. Because, I mean, okay, so, so if we're going to compare this, there, there are people out there that would say that because silver and gold have not done a whole lot in the last five years, that stackers, people that are buying physical silver and gold, I'm not talking about big hedge funds, but people that need to be in and out of asset classes uh, on a weekly, daily, monthly basis, et cetera, and are always changing their position. I'm talking about stackers like you and I that are buying for the long term, that because silver and gold haven't done much since 2014, 13, whatever, that they were a bad buy back then, even though you know they, in terms of price, they haven't moved a whole lot. And again, if we're going to compare them to insurance, that's a really terrible argument. That's like saying that, you know, five years ago, well, you shouldn't have bought that car insurance because in that time span, you haven't been in a car accident. You shouldn't have bought that home insurance because your house hasn't burned down yet. You shouldn't have bought that life insurance because you haven't died yet, right? It's really a poor argument when when you consider what silver and gold really are. I mean, they are different than a lot of other assets out there. Yes, they can be an investment, but they also have this role as a hedge as insurance, right? And in fact, I would wager that people that bought five years ago and are still hanging in, they're still buying today or still holding their silver and gold. Um, that was a good thing. Now, I understand that that those that are in this community and elsewhere in the precious metal space that put out extremely bullish predictions for silver and gold over the short term short term and, and try and use fear or urgency or fear of messing out missing out to to sell silver and gold that is not a good long-term strategy i think there's a lot of people that have fallen into that trap on on both sides those that that talk about this and those that that listen and then go out and buy the silver and gold and it ultimately leaves them kind of disillusioned right they get into this asset that that they hear is going to go to the moon in the next six months 12 months etc it doesn't and they're left wondering why. Maybe bitter a bit. Maybe they took it out on credit, right? A massive amount of credit. And now they're they're in the hole. They have to sell. Uh, a lot of these people do end up selling. Uh, they're bitter, and, and they may not buy silver and gold again, right? Maybe they'll catch it way, you know, on the way up, uh, double the price what it is now. But but no, they're they're looking for a get rich quick scheme, and 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 silver and gold are not that. Now, that's not to say that I'm not bullish on silver and gold as an investment. You guys know I am. And yes, I oftentimes talk about why there's such a strong bull case for both of those metals. But I also try and stray away from, from uh, stay away from, from giving too many of these time-based, extremely urgent predictions for just that reason. 
But anyways, what I'm saying here is that I would argue that those that bought in in 2014, whatever the reason was for it, whether it was um, because of this urgency thing and, and they didn't end up selling, they realized that, oh, that's not the main reason to buy silver and gold, or they bought it because as a hedge, as savings, whatever, that there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, over that time span, over that five years, they've had a huge opportunity. Now, sometimes prices have been higher than other times, but they've had a huge opportunity, five years, to accumulate physical metal, or however long it's been for you, 2015, 16, 17, even 18, right? You've had a long time span to accumulate precious metals. So, you know, if people deceived you or people make predictions that were too urgent and, and, and they end up being wrong, then that's, that's a shame, but... I don't at all think that that we should be thinking that, well, we bought in a couple of years early and that's that's bad. That might be the case for other things, right? Shorting the stock market in uh, 2000, let's say, after the Trump election for, for like a whole year plus there, that was a bad bet, right? Shorting volatility there for a long time, or, or sorry, going long volatility was a bad bet, right? And in those types of things, people making those types of bets, those types of, of calls in the market, yeah, they're 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 not doing well. But but for those of us that are buying silver and gold and not really looking for paper profits, we're looking for long-term sustainability for our investment, hedge, savings, whatever you want to call it. That's I think a good thing. I mean, there's a lot of benefits to that over that time span. You've been able to build up a, a pretty significant amount of, of savings, if you consider it that. It has likely transformed the way that you think about spending both expenses as well as as money that you take in income uh, debt and how you manage debt your overall financial picture retirement uh, and, and overall you're, you're kind of more attuned to to what's going on in the economic world now certainly that could be the case if you weren't invested in silver and gold but you know I think there are some real benefits to holding it over the long term even if silver and gold haven't done much over the last five years I get it some of you guys might be nearing retirement or something like that. Um, and, and you want it to rise because you want to ultimately sell it. And I get that. But, but for the for the rest of us, um, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's giving you a lot of time to accumulate. And, and that's what I think a lot of people don't understand, that we don't need to treat silver and gold like some other investment, like stocks or bonds or real estate or something. And we don't we also don't have to pretend that we are like a hedge fund or something like that, or that we're a stockbroker. Or we manage a huge portfolio. We have our own portfolio, and that's what we're responsible for, our own investment, right? We don't need to buy in at the lowest low. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. A lot of us, and maybe I can't speak for everyone, but a lot of us, you know, if we had come into the market, let's say 2012, okay, silver and gold still relatively high. Uh, they, they still had quite a ways to fall. Of course, silver ultimately going, I think, below $14 on two different occasions, I think. Uh, gold, I think it might have been around 1000 at one point, below 1100 maybe. I, I don't have a chart in front of me. Um, certainly some buying opportunities ahead. I don't think most of us would have said, 
what I'm going to do is I'm going to keep it in cash in my bank and wait until the perfect time to buy. We're going to buy at the bottom because you know what would have happened? We would have bought silver at $18 an ounce. We thought that would have been the bottom, right? Or gold at, at, at $1,100 or something, or, or not $1,100, $1,200, right? $1,250 or something. This is the bottom, and then would have gone lower, right? Plus, I, I think most of us probably wouldn't have kept the cash in the bank anyway. Like, maybe we have some sort of emergency savings, but otherwise we would have thought to ourselves, I want to make this money work for me, invest it, or otherwise I'm going to spend it on something else, right? What, whatever that might be for you. Pay off debt. I don't know what that might have been. So... Uh, I, I guess you know I, I, I'm you know there, there's some people out there that that have said for many years that silver and gold were were too high that they were going lower and ultimately maybe they were right um, that that yes in the bottom of uh, at the end of 2018 silver and gold I think did bottom out for for that time period a couple of years there and that that did op, uh, that did present itself as a, as a very good buying opportunity but. I think that there's absolutely nothing wrong if you had been buying all along. Dollar cost averaging, right? If you want to be a speculator and you want to buy at the bottom, if you want to see it just solely as an investment, I get it. The, ideally, in a perfect world, we could all do that, right? Just like we could have all bought the, the S&P 500 10 years ago in a couple of days uh, when, when it was at its bottom of, I think, what, 666 points. Bought it then and then held on to it until you know, each peak and then, and then sold it in the, you know, uh, sold it at the peak and bought in the trough and et cetera. Sure. But, but that's not what we're about when it comes to silver and gold. Um, and this kind of, you know, ultimately kind of brings me to my, my overarching point that I'm talking about in this video, the title, it's, it's never too late to get into silver and gold, right? If you're listening to this, you're watching this and you are thinking to yourself, I'm on the fence about this. I'm doing research. Uh, which is great. Keep doing research from, from a variety of sources beyond just mine. Keep doing that research. Or or you're early in, right? I, I've gotten a ton of comments lately about people that had just started in the last week, last month, last six months, last year. That's fine, right? You might have a, a whole whopping two ounces of silver to your name. And that is fine. I mean, going back to the video that I did yesterday, you know, a lot of estimates in regards to silver and gold would, would put it at you know, probably less than an ounce of, of gold, identifiable bullion gold above ground for each person on the face of the planet, which is quite a bit. I mean, gold is, is fairly expensive. And for silver, not a whole lot more than that, right? Maybe an ounce, maybe a little more. I'd be highly doubtful of, of a whole two ounces of bullion form of silver uh, worldwide for every person on the face of the planet. Maybe if you add in silverware, jewelry, et cetera, maybe you're closer to two ounces or something like that. Maybe that, that might be stretching it. And so you're two ounces, you're, you're, you're breaking even, and, and the vast majority of the world's population probably doesn't have any, right? If you're holding 10 ounces, you're above average, right? 50 ounces, et cetera. And, and you know, here's the thing is, is that don't, don't get this into your head that this whole thing's about to, to blow up. It very well could be. The, 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 the pieces are in place for it to do just that, absolutely. But that, that doesn't mean that you've somehow missed a boat on this. Prices for silver and gold in my opinion, remain pretty low. And there's still time, right? You, what you're not going to hear from me is an urgency thing that you need to go out, take out $10,000 in credit and, and and buy some silver and gold, right? As insurance, because that debt's going to be inflated away anyways. And no, you're not going to hear that from me, right? You, you want to start steady, in my opinion. I mean, again, don't take any of this as financial or investment advice, but you do it steady, right? Um, and to put this in perspective, you know, there were people back in 2016 or 17, right, saying this thing's about to blow up. 
um, and and they thought it was too late, or, or maybe there were people back then that were kind of paying attention to it, but they didn't want to delve too deep into the economic side of things because they knew silver and gold, I don't know if I can afford it. Yeah, I probably could, but let's do something else with our money in this other direction. And if they had started back then, let's say 24 months ago, and they had started just 10 ounces a month, right? Do the math. That's simple math. 240 ounces, right? And along the way, what did they miss out on? Maybe a couple of extra meals out. Maybe they have slightly less in, in cash savings. Maybe they didn't buy some gadget along the way. But 240 ounces, that is a decent size stack. I mean, that is what uh, I can do, you know, quick math here on my computer. Uh, uh, 240 times, you know, present market value, we'll say 1500 or $1,500, uh, $3,600. And in present value, right? And, and, and that's in a pretty low market, in my opinion. That's not too bad, and that's an that's a commitment of what a hundred and fifty to maybe uh, uh, two hundred dollars a month. Not a huge amount, right? And, and and by no means do I want to put to shame those that are just buying a couple ounces a month, right? Two or three ounces. Again, you're still doing better than the vast majority of the population. You're you're slowly kind of removing yourself from the financial system, and you are building you know real wealth. You're you're building. You're buying your own insurance policy, right? You're buying your own. Uh, hedge you're, you're building up your own savings whether you realize it or not right um, if anything you can pat yourself on the back in the same way that you pat yourself on the back for for you know throwing a hundred dollars into your your savings account or something like that except this way you don't have that counterparty risk and you don't have that risk of of inflation you're just you know uh, at this point a slave to not a slave to but the price of of silver and gold are are slave to a uh, you know, the price in the markets, you know, even for gold, you know, I'm, I'm ignoring gold here, but if you've been buying gold over that time span, you'd have potentially two and two to three ounces, maybe even more of gold, right? That's a little harder to buy. Maybe you've had to do fractional along the way or something like that, but it's not too late, right? This could go on for another three months, six months, 12 months, whatever. Even if it's just a three month period or something or one month and you're able to get 10 or 20 ounces, whatever, during that time span, you're still in the better position in terms of silver and gold than many other people are. It's not too late, right? Um, and, and even those, and, and there's not really such thing as too early either. That's, that's the other piece of what I'm saying here early on in this video is that those I got in five years ago, 10 years, 20, 30 years ago, and you've been buying the whole way along, you've built a huge stack likely likely you've been accumulating a massive amount you have a huge insurance policy you have a huge savings you have uh, potentially your retirement account or a decent amount of retirement in in precious metals and that, you want to know something you know if you've been buying for 30 years let's say you bought when you were 25 and you are 55 now and you're looking to retire in the next 5 10 15 years whatever that might be for you it, you're in a good position you are in, I think, a good position. Again, don't take this as investment advice. I'm not an advisor or anything like that. But compared to a lot of your peers in your generation, the baby boomer generation, there's a lot of fear out there, I think. Never mind Gen X and millennials, which are, are basically thinking, like, there's no way pensions, uh, 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 Social Security and that will be there, 401ks maybe. But but there's a lot of boomers out there that are coming up on retirement. They're already retiring they're realizing, wow, we don't have nearly enough to retire, right? I heard a, a statistic. I think it was the baby boomers. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I, I can't remember what the age group was. If it was just baby boomers in general or what. But it was like, I think one third 
had less than, I want to say it was $50,000 in their retirement account. That's that's a huge amount, right? Um, and, and if you've been buying all along, well, you know, if you didn't sell in 2011, in a perfect world, you could have sold at the top and, and bought at the bottom again a little while later. But even if you didn't, you got a pretty decent savings account. Not to say maybe you would have done better if you'd put that in in the S&P or something like that along the way. But even that is, you know, when you're accounting for inflation and you're accounting for, you know, the, the ups and downs of a buy and hold strategy, um, you're still not doing too bad for yourself in terms of silver and gold. And, and it's an insurance policy, right? Nobody would say to you, you shouldn't have bought that car insurance five years ago because you haven't been in an accident, right? So don't let anyone say it to you when, when, when they say the same thing about silver and gold. You bought silver and gold 20 years ago and you didn't buy at the top or you didn't sell at the top, excuse me. You bought silver and gold starting 20 years ago. You've been buying in the whole way. Imagine if you had bought in 2002 into the NASDAQ or the S&P, the Dow Jones or some ETF or something like that. Imagine how much better you would have done. Again, tell them. It's an insurance policy, right? Don't let somebody tell you that, hey, you shouldn't have bought that insurance five years ago because with that money, you could have bought yourself a much better car over that time span, right? You'd have enough money to maybe buy a uh, part of a new car, right? Or, or, or you know, whatever. Uh, 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 you know, you'd have a, a pretty decent chunk of change. Think how much you could have saved over that time period. No, that's not how insurance works, right? Um, so I think it's important to understand what silver and gold are and what they are not. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to hold, I'm going to stick my guns and say, yeah, they're they're an investment. They have some elements of, of that to them. And I think they're undervalued. I think there's a bull case for real silver and gold. But the insurance policy idea, the, the hedge idea, the savings idea for silver and gold, that's very strong. And that far outweighs uh, the whole idea of an investment, of silver and gold being an investment. For me, that's what they are. They're insurance, they're a hedge, they're savings. So you weren't too early and, and certainly getting in right now, I don't think would be too late. Again, don't take any of this as investment advice, financial advice, simply one man's opinion. I'm not a financial advisor. I don't have any of those certifications or anything like that. Simply just a guy here spouting his opinion on the internet, right? What do I know? But I hope you enjoyed this video. If you have ideas for future videos slash podcasts, which by the way, for those of you that are still listening, I'm on most podcast formats. I don't know what you guys like to listen to. If you prefer YouTube, that's fine because the, the way comments work and everything. But if you're listening to a podcast on your way home or, or, or to work or whatever, school, whatever you're going to or coming from, I'm on most major podcast platforms, and, and some people prefer that as well. So check me out over there if you haven't. If you have ideas for future ones, shoot me an email at w23matt at gmail.com or simply just leave a comment down below if, if you're on YouTube. As always, thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. Truly, thank you for watching this video and listening to this podcast, and God bless.